You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Bottom of the hour, the voice of the Toronto Raptors on Sportsnet, Matt Devlin's going to join us. Matty D. And we're going to give away a uh, $50 gift card from our good friends at VK Bruco and some swag courtesy of them as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Guess what? It's a hard one today. Oh, good. Do you want to know what I want to ask Matty D? What's that? I wonder if he has the first hamlet or village or town that he's going to call out when the Raptors oh. hit a three-pointer. I wonder if he has it holstered. Why don't you ask him? Let's get a, let's get uh, let's get Cron's hometown on well, that. Yeah, do you Winkler. Want... You're good now. Okay. From Winkler, the Winkler what? Yeah, no, no, like, like Matt well, Devlin he, when he when the like Raptors when, player shoots yeah. a three. Yeah, he usually says from Burlington or from <laughs> Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the deeper the three, the farther the des- uh, destination. Yes, so yes, deep yes, three. You should ask yes. him to do it today. Yeah. And he from will. Winkler. Sometimes from he'll say from Winkler, Burnaby, Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. You're darn right. Yeah, basketball capital of. Southern Manitoba. Um, <laughs> Basketball capital of Winkler, Manitoba. <laughs> Big farm yeah, boys yeah. got to get the ball up. Yeah, exactly. With Larry Bird learned in Winkler, right? We might want to fact check that. Uh, <laughs> joining us in studio, uh, Calgary uh, sporting legend, uh, Brent Cron. And uh, we got a bit of an announcement. I've been teasing it. You have. All morning. Huge news. Huge mm, news. Yes. Um, thanks to our good friends at All Kind Door Services, Mr. Brent Cron is going to be our Flames insider, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. After every Flames game night, yeah. Brent Fraun is going to join us in studio the next day. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. You have no idea. <laughs> I watched I watched the game in the entirety last night. Whoa. Yes. Like Good. just getting ready, just Thank getting you know, prepped. You yeah. know, we we you know we're not asking too much of you. We're I know. Just asking you literally, just watch the game the night before. Did, did uh, you know? I bought a pen. Can I? Can, can I? Uh, wow. And a notebook. Oh, can really? I, can, can I uh, expense that back to the company? No. So yes. I, I'm no. curious. Oh. Me, yes. yes. No. Yeah. Hard. Oh. It's, it, it's a we'll, feather. We'll figure it out. A quill. Yeah, quill <laughs> with, oh. with some ink. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got the little uh, goblet of ink hey, beside I do. you. You yeah. put your John Hancock on that. <laughs> yeah. Dear mother, <laughs> the flames continue <laughs> to struggle <laughs> in both <laughs> ends of the ice. <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're yeah. really excited. You're going to be joining us in studio yeah. after every Flames game night to break it down in the eight o'clock hour. I'm we're pumped. super excited to have you. You called me yesterday too, and I was. I did. I was very excited. Yeah, I was we're all excited. Up. We're all excited. Uh, courtesy of our good friends at All Kind Door Services. Yeah. My family's excited. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's excited. Hey, everybody's excited. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't reach out. I just knew you were going <laughs> to yeah, show up. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. So like, right. Hey, man. I was excited. You, uh, though. Yeah. Fired up. Hey, right. Bring your lunch pail to work today. Yeah. yeah let's work boots go. on. It's not the same anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're super excited to have you um, after every Flames game night. Uh, lots to discuss. Uh, Flames fell 3 1 last night. To the New York Rangers, uh, can I ask you a, a really point blank, honest question to start off? Because sure. we're such serious journalists. I love it. Hey, did Jonathan Huberto play last night <laughs> in jeans? Maybe. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was hard to watch. Like just invisible, you, you know. And yeah. what we're seven games in, and you know, uh, coupled with a very uh, uh, tumultuous season last year, you know, there, there's no grace period. You're kind of expecting the, the 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 core of this club that expressed its concern last year in terms of personnel on the team and what how that would affect the team moving forward and the organization made the uh I would not even say necessary adjustments but the adjustments nonetheless to accommodate the players to 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 help them get the mm-hmm. most out of them and here we are again seven games in and it's just nothing's clicking it's like they're playing slow there's no chemistry there's it's almost like watching a minor hockey like a minor league hockey team on the power play too it's like you pass the point follow your pass over it's it's very predictable methodical there's no uh there's no uh well and we've said this for years there's there's also no game breaker on that 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 club right now there's nobody putting the puck in that that you get in that puck it's a threat the transition game is mm-hmm. is is struggling right and this isn't and again I don't want it to sound like we're this isn't a rip on Jonathan Huberto session it's not it's because the guy comes with so much talent and pedigree that you just expect more from him. And outside of maybe the last quarter of last season where he did elevate his game, we haven't seen that guy yet that had that 110 assist season. No. 
with the Florida Panthers, like 110 point season, not 110. It was assists. like 114 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had an incredible season with the Panthers. We just haven't seen that guy, and we're not seeing those little tiny great plays that he was making with the Panthers. We've seen flashes of it a little bit here in Calgary, but like, can can you put your finger on that? Is it just is it as simple as saying the confidence is just way down? Because Cron, I, 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 I don't understand where it's gone because we've seen a little bit of it. But at times, like last night, there's parts of the game where he's just not noticeable and he needs to be noticeable for this team to make the playoffs. Well, and and there's an expectation attached to him with that contract, unfortunately. We've talked about this over the months here, too, where you you just you, it's hard to remove that out of your brain when you're looking at a guy like Jonathan Huberdeau and, and all the changes that the Flames have gone through here with losing Gaudreau and losing Kachuk, and, and they're, they're kind of you know, exciting players to watch. You're bringing in a guy like Huberto that had the same amount of points as Gaudreau the, the season prior. And we're like, okay, this is kind of one for one. We're going to get a guy here that's a bit more dynamic, a bit more of a passer, uh, needs needs a needs a finisher. And you can tell he has no confidence, like zero mm-hmm. confidence. And we have to remember too that he's probably even harder on himself, not like it matters, than than anybody else's too, right? Like right. He, he's squeezing the stick. He's he's trying hard. Nobody intentionally tries to to, to struggle. But this team just hasn't found chemistry, and, and the lines are in just a, the washing machine trying to figure out who's going to do what, who's going to come through on any given night. And, I mean, last year, Toffoli was their game-breaker, and that, that's your game-breaker. I mean, I mean, I make it sound like they're just easy to find. You can pick them up anywhere. But uh, th- this this team, seven games in, needs, needs to get going. It doesn't have the luxury of uh, trying to figure it out again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they've, they've, they've struggled. The whole team hasn't been a unit. We 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 weigh heavily on Huberdo, um, and rightfully so. He's he's the he's now part of the leadership group. Him, Backland, Anderson. You know, I mean, Cadre too, mm-hmm. right? And and what do we see? We see a lot of frustration from every one of those guys. One of the things that I wonder if the Flames should try and incorporate a lot more into their offense is attacking with the cycle. Uh, Luke Gazdick brought it up when we were chatting with him in the last hour. It's something the Flames have done well in past seasons, and they've been able to score, granted, before a lot of this personnel arrived, so you have to adjust to the personnel you have. But after that game Sunday against the Red Wings, I was like, when is Jonathan Huberto good? So I went back and I watched a video of some of his best plays from the 2021-22 season when he was you know, Hart Trophy-level player. And a lot of what he was producing was off the cycle, in the offensive zone, getting his feet moving, getting the opposition moving, and then finding a teammate somewhere with one of those sneaky passes. And I just don't think that we see this team try and get the cycle going, try and just kind of wear down the opposition, and then attack the net. It feels like they get in, they attack the net, they don't have a plan to get the puck back, and then they're defending again. Right. But the cycle is is work ethic though. Like that's yeah. hard work to win. If you're if you're winning off the cycle, it's it's a grind and it sucks and it's not flashy. And then you have like a small little window. Like even that first goal the Flames got last night, it popped out to Coleman. I think it was right. Yep. And, you know they score right off the bat, and it's like oh perfect. Like this is great. This is a great start after a kind of a, a, a dismal road trip. You get off to an early lead. They played well for the first fifteen minutes, and and that grind is a mentality though. Playing on the boards. Board battles is a mentality. If you just want to go in and, and and just kind of take it easy and chip by and kind of do flybys, like you're going to get hit. You have to prepare to hit. You have to you have you have to get position on the player. It's a smart man's game, but it's it's although it's physically taxing, it's mentally taxing too because it's mm. not sexy hockey. It's it's grind it out, and, yeah. and then that's something that the Flames have to be prepared to do, especially their, obviously their forward group, and and they're not right now. They're not at all. Um, the the depth has always been a strength of this team. And the ability to roll line after line after teams. And we saw that for, for stretches last year. We haven't really seen an instance where at least more than one line is kind of going for this team through seven games. No, and, and they don't have that, that uh, I don't know, that horse that's just going to pull everybody into the battle either, right? Like it's, it's individuals, it's not lines. We switch the lines back up again to see what we can get. This, this team, once again, um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, has to do it by committee. There's nobody on this team that's like, we circle this guy on the board when the visiting teams come to town. That's the guy we got to take out, right? It's it's pretty um, general hockey right now, transition, blue lines, cycles, that kind of stuff, until they can find their feet. And if only one line's going or one guy on that line's going and nobody's kind of pulling on the rope in the same direction, it's, it's painful mm. to watch, but it's even more frustrating as players when they know that they're 
they're, they're, they're basically trying to fight their weight of a wet paper bag and they just can't seem to figure it out. It's, it's back to the drawing board. It's back to just getting to work. Uh, I, I did like Kadri's fight last night. I thought he, he had a conscious effort of trying to get the puck to the net, trying to create things. I did like that he slammed the water bottle down. Me too, down. but that's him. Yeah. Like, that's him. Show me more of Show that. Show me more. You know what? People say, you know, I don't want to see that. You know, he's showing his frustration. Kadri's an emotional player. Yeah. To me, if he's not smashing his water bottle, if he's not... You know, getting in somebody's face if he's when not he's driving, a rat, he's I, at his best. Exactly. He needs to be more of a rat, right? And and it and it's hard for for especially line mates and coaches too because he's that edge player. He's that guy that he he's always on that edge, and you and you wind him up, and you kind of get a bit apprehensive because you're not sure mm-hmm. what you're going to get. Are we going to end up back on the penalty kill now because he's going to go nail somebody from behind or whack him in the back of the legs behind the play type thing? But I want to see I want to see that honestly, I do because it it pulls people into the into the game. Um, obviously it's got to be done calculated too. You can't just wildly go out. Like there's a lot of frustration on this team. And we've obviously saw it with uh, Rasmus Anderson's hit too, with, with uh, in Columbus against line eight, yep. kind of at the end of the game where guys are like, I'm just going to run somebody over, but Kadri needs to be a rat in order for him to be successful. Doing an 82 games a season is hard. Everybody says we kind of brought him in for the playoffs. Sure. But you got to get there first. But you've liked what you've seen, right? Like he had the scrap a couple games ago. Yes. He threw a big hit a couple games ago. I just, I just, it gets back to when this guy's creating offense, it's because he gets the puck and he shoots it. Yes. In the offensive zone, there isn't a whole lot more planning from Nazem Kadri. Get no. me the puck and I'm going to put it on net and we're going to figure it out from exactly. there. Exactly. Just cause chaos. Just, so, just buzz around. But you need other people on those wings that are going to maybe do a little bit more of the creative, of the work, of everything else that so, can kind of help. Support. Mm. On, on both ends of the puck, right? Because he's going to take chances. He's going to make some some bonehead plays. He's going to fail at times. But what he does on the other end with his emotion brings everybody into the game. That fight, awesome. I'd love to yeah. see that. That drive to the net where he missed the net on the backhand. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Awesome. Make those plays, man. Let's go, right? right? And that, uh, that was a positive for me last night, is, especially for the first period anyway, just, just, to, just to get going, get into it, and see who's, who's hopping on board and who's not. Uh, that is the voice of one uh, Brent Cron. He'll be joining us after every Flames game day to break it down in studio the next day, courtesy of our friends at All Kind Door Services. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. He's like our Flames analyst now, officially. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to have to like... like like make you a medal, maybe a ribbon, ribbon, a, a sash. I would like a scepter, mm. maybe. Perhaps. A scepter. Ooh. Yeah, when I walk around with something yeah. that, that says it with an inscription on there yeah. saying insider Flame or something analyst. like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 You don't want to do insider. That's no. Yeah, that's work. done to yeah. death. Yeah. But like you know, <laughs> sleuth. <laughs> sleuth. Yeah. Scoop. Scoop. Scoops. Scoops. Scoops over here. Scoops the next can, can, day. Can you figure this out? Yeah, I'm on. I'll bring my notepad and my pen, and I. Yeah. I'm on the trail. Quill and his yeah. feather. Um, no you problem. Just, you just talked about a positive. We've been taking text messages all morning. Give us a positive so far in the flame season. Do you have any positives for us? Uh, well, the, well, the, for me, it was the home opener. When 25. They, pardon me? 25 has been good. He's been solid. But Do he, you blame him for any of those goals yesterday? What's the difference yes. between good and the solid? The third one? Sorry? The third one? The third one. Yeah. Because he, he's, he's done this now a handful of games where it's just that squeaker that goes through. And once again, Third game that he's had a puck squeak through. I know. It was either deflected like it's, it's, it's or through his something. Arm. Just, I've just been yeah. impressed with his battle, though, because last year that would have melted him, right? I, I, I do really... Or, him, but also the team. Mm. He's been their most consistent player so far. Some of those saves he's been making I, has been. I think that's more than fair. Yeah, I think he's been their best player so far. Maybe the numbers don't specifically look at it if we just look at the the raw numbers. Yeah, but just to his play, yep. I think he's been the most consistent player on the Flames well, he, to start he, the season. He, he's shown up every night, right? I mean, those two goals last night, too. I mean, they're, they're deflections with screen. Like, that second deflection oh, was that on. Crider was. Holy <laughs> smokes. That was beautiful. Oh, I was. Uh, I took my son to watch the Rangers pregame skate because he's playing goal, and I wanted yeah. to see Shesterkin just kind of move around in that in why, practice. Why are you letting your son play goal? Yeah, I know. You know what? Because same reason why I didn't play, why I played goals, because, you know, I was, I was tired of chasing the game. Right, you know, <laughs> I, I I wasn't as uh, fleet of foot as, yeah. as as I look, right? Yeah, and uh, and the Mex- skates are just uh, heavier than everybody right. else's. Exactly. Yeah. I think you look like a gazelle. Right, I am. Right, right, like a, a cheetah, like built like an ox, but move a like puma? a gazelle. Yeah, a puma, a, a puma? mountain lion. Right, yes. uh, um, that and the mental fortitude. You know, just mm, to, just to yeah. be able to shrug stuff off. That's you know? the one thing that, about you. That's what you yeah. can tell immediately mm. that I'm I'm uh, I'm strong in that aspect. But uh, we were watching them do tip drills. You know. During, after after practice, and I just kind of came to me right now. They were doing it for for a while, and everything would just be in touch. And then first two goals last night by the Rangers are deflections. 
I don't know if there's anybody better than Chris Kreider oh, right now man. in the NHL. I know it was Joe Pavelski for the longest time that everybody was like, this guy holds the mantle for in yeah. front of the net. But like, if I'm on the PK and Chris Kreider's there, I I don't care where he is. I should just tie him up, just go to four on three. Don't let anybody pass towards his stick because that was ridiculous. It was three feet wide. Well, that and and the play was just so perfect too because the the the, the point man didn't take a slap shot, so the goalie couldn't hear it because the 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 flames forward was in the lane, so he wasn't going to get it through. So you you know he's going to be passing it, shot passing it at some point, but you can't hear it, can't see it. But you know Kreider's all by himself. Just sitting there, and the puck's going wide. You could see Markstrom when he slid over too. Like, wow! You could just see it in his mind. Like, yeah. That, that, are you that, joking? Are you kidding me right now? That was unbelievable. I wa- I was watching that last night, and I just it was like, <laughs> I, had to, I had to rewind that a couple times, even though they do show replays now. As from as far as I know, yeah. Uh, I had to rewind them. Like, I like to rewind myself. Yeah, because I, I like to get a little bit further back too. Yep. I like I like I another like 10, 15 seconds. Where was the breakdown? Right. Where was the last time the Flames yep. had possession? And why did they lose it? Yep. We're all analysts in here now. So, uh, big time analysts. Yeah, yeah. Big time analysts. No, right? no, we're all getting scepters. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Maddie and I are journalists. Journalists. No, no, you're the analyst. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm a yeah. broadcaster. So, yeah, at most. Yeah. No, I don't write. Uh, I have written for sportsnet.ca. Um, that's Brent Cron, our Flames, uh, I don't know, analyst. Yeah, we'll figure We'll figure a name out. we, we got to figure out a title. Analyst doesn't fit, but we're going to come up with something unique. Uh, Pundit. I also, uh, I want GVP to do an intro for you. Produce an intro. I I would absolutely whiteboard. Love what whiteboard. what kind of music would you like? We'll have to come but... up with something here because it's going to have to be edgy, right? Yep. Of course, you want edgy. I want edgy, right? Okay. I want someone that's going to captivate an audience without even saying anything, okay. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like like Stacy Keach's uh, unsolved mysteries. Oh. Uh, you know, when I heard that as a kid, is like that got me in there. Stacy right Keach wasn't he? Wasn't he the host of Unsolved Mysteries? Robert Stack was the host of Unsolved oh. Mysteries, but no, that was the start of it, wasn't it? Stacy Keach was there. Daisy Keach? Was he not? No. No. Unsolved Mysteries on yes. NB, like on NBC? I'm going to have to figure this free, out. It was Robert Stack. Oh, boy. And I know that for a fact, because that used to scare the bejesus out of me <laughs> when I was a kid. It terrify me as a kid. <laughs> terrify me yes. as a kid. Like that ghost episode oh, of Unsolved Mysteries, or the, or the where the guy comes home from work and like his garage is on fire? <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> and, and the, and the and Queen the, Mary yet? Well, terrifying. And the fog in the forest with the alien lights yeah. just shining through? Terrifying. Look, horrifying. I'm goosebumps I know. just thinking about Unsolved Mysteries as a kid. It's terrifying. It's yeah. horrifying stuff. It was well, Robert Stack. <laughs> we'll have to figure something out here. Yeah. Because something like that Intro is what for I'm the going. show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I love it. Um, I know it's only October, and we're uh, seven games into the season. Uh, I said last night, felt like game 89 for me of the season. February. Yeah. Because yeah, it just the looked like drums. completely of la- like last night was the epitome of what last season looked like. Yes. Yes, it honestly didn't feel like October. Like, dominated in the first period, didn't yep. finish their chances, had a quick one nothing lead, great, but also Shesterkin, who was kind of fighting in the first period, and then turned into Shesterkin in the last two periods. Well, but you got to score that second or third goal in the first to kind of give yourself some breathing room. They probably win that game if they get one more in the first last night. You think, right? But that those those Shesterkin made three pad saves last night, two with the right, I think one with the left, where you're, yep. you're like, wow. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This guy's pretty good. He's pretty special, <laughs> right? You know, and, and then he, I think towards the end of the game there, too, he comes flying over and he co- tries to cover the puck at the bottom of the circle, and everything was just sticking to him. Even Zadorov's, where he went end to end, and he kind of, that was a tricky shot, too, because it was a flutter the puck. The knuckler. Yeah, and it was like far side, low blocker. Rebound was out there. And I think Backlund was the one that came in, and I mean, he had a bad angle, but he almost put yep. the rebound in. Uh, but when you see, yeah, I mean, they they made mention to it earlier in the in the in the game yesterday. Shister can look like he was fighting. I didn't think he was Kelly fu- Rudy with the old goalie goalie jinx, right? Yeah. He's kind of fighting yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and as soon as he said it too, you're just like, ah, this is probably going to go the <laughs> other way. And now he looks like a Vesna caliber goalie right. again. Well, okay, good, and, right on. And it's crazy too. It's it's one game to the next is how you're judged, and he hasn't had a tremendous start to the season. The Rangers are still, I think they're four and two. Yeah, like, they're they, mid. They, they're they're fine. Find, they're finding their wins and. And then you get a performance like that from Shesterkin, and it's like, okay, well, that's what that, that's a road game. I wanted to ask you about a certain instance in that game and relates to Igor Shesterkin. He lost his stick at one point, and yeah. Jonathan Huberto, very <laughs> very accidentally, I will add, yeah. Oh, yeah. the it. replay yeah. shows his eyes look directly at the stick and then be like, make sure you keep your chin up and yep. you don't look down, change your angle. Oh, it's caught in my feet. We're out to the blue line now. Oopsies. 
And then, of course, you have Chris Tanev just trying to move it out of the way. He's not trying to do anything malicious. And they're like, that's the goalie stick. You can't do that. You're going to the box. Well, it's yeah. funny because Huberto is like penguin foot the whole yeah. thing through. He just yeah, kind of waddling it around. And he's all. not, he's like, not this, moving at this all. This is how I usually skate. And then, the, and then the goalie stick is by the blue line, essentially. It's in between the blue line and, and the top of the circle. It's an yeah. ideally placed. If you were to place a hurdle... In, in a, For the D to D pass. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where it would be. And I love it too. Tanev, no look, boom, fires it out of there. Yeah. And then the referee's like, hey, that, that, let's go. If that was a player stick, you're fine. <laughs> if it's know. a broken stick, you're fine. I know. But, but because the goalie stick, you're pushing it farther away from him, that's a penalty. Well, none of the players, the Ranger players, even grabbed it and gave it back to Shesterkin. They yeah. went for a change and come back. They just yeah. hop over it. They <laughs> kick it back the other way. <laughs> like, They're like, he doesn't need on? it. We know he's good. Like, he's Shesterkin. Right? He doesn't need his twig. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind when I. I saw it too, and he, he let go of his stick because his his uh, the the shaft of his stick got caught in somebody's. So instead of trying to pull it, he yeah. let go, and, and he then, made a ridiculous stop. And then, he, and then Huber, I'm watching this, and I'm like just muttering under my breath, like that's. <laughs> I just like I, I hate that crap. Right? Yeah. I mean, it happens. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's part, part, you, of, the, part of the game. That's but. what you should do. <laughs> yeah. If you are a player, you should accidentally <laughs> knock the goalie stick away. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But I'm I. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I just wonder what other goalies are thinking when they're. Oh yeah, but they hate that crap too. You know when you when they're screening you too, and you get the the shaft of your stick kind of just smacked too, like they move your arm and they tap and then lift your stick up and you know. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it, it's it's a greasy move. Mm-hmm. It, it's all it's all game within a game. It's gamesmanship. Nothing like a right. stick lift on a goalie. Oh. If he ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. I remember one time I uh, it actually worked in my favor. Um, we were playing against Wilkesbury one afternoon and. And, the, and we were on a penalty kill, and the guy was just kind of... Was it a school game? Was it a school game? Elementary kids yeah, in the crowd? Exactly, right? You know, it was like, loud. It was crazy. I'd never been in an atmosphere Very like high-pitched. Pumping Justin Bieber and yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy just skated right in front of me, but enough to touch me, but I hit I hit a rut in the ice and tripped and fell down, and the referee's arm just went yeah, straight right. up, and he looked at the, you know, the Wilkes-Barre player looked at me and goes, are you serious? I didn't touch you. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You know what you did. Yeah, you You know what you did. It works both ways, right? Like, it's... As much as I like to say, because I can judge people because I'm 100% perfect. You know, I've never mm-hmm. made a mistake in my life. Yeah, uh, that's we, a good point. Right. And that's why I told the referee, I'm like, you know, I'm good for this. I would never. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Got a great text from Jamie and Airdrie. Uh, the chronolist. Ah, uh, that's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I like that. There's a few applications we could use cron for. Um, mm. Chronolist. The chronolist? Yeah. Um, what did you think of Osterley's game last night? <laughs> I didn't pay attention to it much, honestly. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm trying to figure it all out on the back end, honestly, with Rasmus Anderson being gone. It's like, there's nobody that's, that's standing out. I, the thing for me is, is I got to broaden my, my horizons here when I look at D-Man, because I see Hannafin out there a lot and, and just chopping it up a tad. And I start getting a little bit, a little bit frustrated. And a guy like Osterley's got to come in. He, he's got an opportunity here to really play some big minutes. I haven't noticed him. And that could also be a good thing though, too, that he's not making a, Ton of errors, but I'm not a big fan of how it's going so far. I thought that everything was blowing up on his stick yesterday, and he's become one of the prime examples of a guy who in the preseason looks like he should be a top four defenseman. And as soon as the lights go on, you're like, oh, this is why this guy has been bouncing around. How, how old is he? He's 30. Enough said. There you go. Okay. Um, you going to stick around for the Matt Devlin interview? That's what I'm here for. Full hour now. Well, Winkler, baby. His, uh, his son's a big-time NHL prospect. No way. Yeah. We'll what? fill you in on the break, and then I, you can ask him about that. I can't wait. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, that's Brent Cron. He's going to join us in studio after every Flames game night for the rest of the season. Courtesy of our friends at All Kind Door Services. We're really excited to have the Chronolist working title <laughs> uh, in yeah. studio. Yeah. Uh, we'll do. Uh, we'll talk to Matt Devlin, Voice of the Raptors, next, and we'll play Impossible Flames trivia. Stick around. I will. Uh, it's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, in about 15 minutes or so, we'll play Impossible Flames Trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card from our good friends at VK Bruco and some swag. Uh, still in studio, we announced it at the top of the hour. Uh, our man, Brent Cron, uh, Calgary sporting legend, is going to join us after every Flames game day, courtesy of our friends, at All Kind Door Services. Really excited to have you. We're so excited to have you that you're actually going to sit in on our next interview. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, right? That, that's what you're here for for the hour. Yep. Uh, our next guest on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, he is the voice of the Toronto Raptors on Sportsnet. We say good morning to Matt Devlin. Matty D, how are you? 
Doing well. How are how are things? We're good. So, uh, Matt, just so you know, a little, little context. Uh, our man Brent Cron yeah. here was a first-round draft pick of the Calgary Flames way back when in 2000. Your son, Luke, of course, was a seventh-round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Brent Cron wants to share some <laughs> wisdom with you. <laughs> although, although Brent didn't really play Pan too out. much in the yeah. NHL. Yeah. How many yeah. games did you play in the league, Brent? What not to well, do. I can break it down by the minute, actually. 19 minutes and 56 seconds I played. Yeah. There, there you go. That's, that's 19 minutes more than a lot of folks, I think. Yep. And I could I could be wrong on this number, but I know in the NBA, I think in the history of the NBA, which their their history is it's seventy six years now, is I think it's forty five roughly forty five hundred players, and I think the NHL isn't even at fifteen thousand players in the history. So you're one of that, which puts you into everybody talks about the one percent. It's actually the 1% of the 1%. Right. Um, just for correction, sixth round pick, 182nd overall. Wanted to throw that out there. Do you have some, do you have some advice for, for his son, Luke, there, Brent? Well, you know what? For me, my, my favorite team growing up was the Calgary Flames. I'm from Manitoba. I got to get drafted by the Calgary Flames, got to room with my favorite goaltender, Mike Vernon. And the bright lights scared me for the first little bit, too. I was so excited. I was just soaking it all in. I'm like, this, I was too much of a fan. And, and, and if I could have changed one thing going back, it would have just been, I would have enjoyed the moment, but it would have been kind of all business. Like, hey, I'm just going to go out there and just play play the game. Like, Lanny McDonald came and sat beside me. Marty Jelena came and sat beside me. Like, the game doesn't change. It gets a little bit faster, but you're good enough to be here and trust in yourself. He's going into a room with Malkin, Crosby, right, and Latang. Right. Like, like, it's, a- like it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to do. Well, let's not get there yet. You know, <laughs> you know, he's uh, he he decided to go the NCAA route, so he's got a little bit of time on his side, and yeah. we'll see how it all pans out before we we go there. How excited was he when he got the call? Like, was he like, you remember that conversation? Oh, oh, I do. You, you know, it was um, when it, it was actually when the draft was held in Montreal. Uh, we decided not to go uh, just based upon, you know, Hey, if he didn't get picked or if he did get picked and, and it happened to be the day that, as you guys may recall, that there was an outage, a Rogers outage. Mm -hmm. And so, so we're sitting at home and we have, you know, Rogers Ignite TV. And which I love, which I love, Matt. Anyway, yeah, which continue. I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I love all these things. But during the pandemic, I, I backed up our internet with another internet service just in case these sort of things happened. And long story short, uh, we were able to use uh, our backup system. And so he was following along on his phone. And then I had projected uh, it onto the, the television because I was able to find it, you know, you know, on some website. And but it was delayed. And I and I know and anyway, he was sitting on the couch and my wife and I are sitting at the you know table. I'm having a cup of coffee and and he's like, I got drafted. And we're like, who who drafted? He's like the penguins. And then, of course, uh, he has two older brothers, and and it was uh, it's emotional. Yeah. It was emotional yeah. for me, and and the reason why is because and and everybody that knows this, and and he was amazing in that moment because he understood that it wasn't just about him. It was about all the sacrifice the family made, and with my schedule on the road, my wife driving the minivan everywhere, and and I think I think most players understand that in that moment and he certainly did so it was uh it was uh unbelievable moment for sure yeah you know it's the culmination of everything and and it's it's crazy because i remember the draft was actually in calgary for me at the saddle home too and i don't even remember a thing after they called my name i just stood up said from the calgary hitman and i just stood up assuming it was me but then i, I as i stood up i thought it could have been somebody else and i'm starting to panic and i remember absolutely nothing after that moment for the next like hour and a half and it just it was yeah. crazy i just i was curious cuz you know it's your son obviously it's a big deal and and it's a proud moment for the family so that's a that's awesome yeah no thank you i appreciate it um, Matt, obviously, uh, the Raptors are, uh, tipping off their season, uh, tonight against Minnesota in the post Nick nurse 
era. What are you expecting out of the new head coach? Well, I think it's going to be, you know, interesting to watch how it all unfolds. It was an excellent preseason, but as we know, preseason is preseason. And even Darko uh, admitted to that, but fundamentally there are some things that are different certainly their defense uh they don't have a, the switch mentality right switching everything uh so that's a little bit different and then also on the offensive end the ball movement has certainly been uh there uh through the preseason right less iso more, more ball movement and that's led to some open shots. They need to shoot the three better for sure. They were 28th in the NBA last season. And he's there with respect to, and Dennis Schroeder mentioned this yesterday, togetherness on the team. I talked to Thaddeus Young yesterday after practice, and and he said, you know, there's a, a seriousness and a business-like nature, you know, to this group going into this season uh, which, you know, is something that you want. And and I think Darko has built relationships. Yesterday he was having one-on-one, you know, interviews and meetings with players, you know, talking about roles and talking about, you know, expectations. And I think that all those things are good. As we know, you know, whether it's hockey, basketball, it, ball goes up in the air and the games start coming at you and the Raptors begin the season with three games in four nights. And so this is when we'll really find out, right? And you're going to have a sense and a feel over the first 20 games if, you know, this is all going to work. But by all accounts and and the people that I've spoken to in Memphis, he, he comes in with a lot of people behind him with respect to his reputation, uh, his ability to coach, his ability to connect with uh, the players. So I think that that's going to be beneficial. It feels like one of the big stories this season is going to be Pascal Siakam, his play, his expiring contract, and what the future holds for this player. What are your expectations for him on the court? Well, last year he put together statistically one of the best seasons in the history of the Raptors. He was one of four or five players in the league to average better than 20 points, more than seven rebounds, and over five assists a game. And I th- and he was an all-star I think that that continues. Why was he not an all NBA player last year? Because the team was 41 and 41, right? If we all know this, if you win the accolades will come more so than just being uh, an all-star. I believe that it's going to continue on. I think in the preseason, when I watched him, uh, the, the shots that he got, there was more efficiency to it. Uh, They were in really good spots. He didn't necessarily have to create those on his own, but as we know, he can do that when push comes to shove. Uh, So he shot it at a high rate. I think that's great. We know that he's not, you know, a knockdown three point shooter, uh, but I think that those numbers will kind of stay the same. The big thing for him is finding consistency at the free throw line. He was 77% last year, which is a good number. But as we know, in the play in game, you know, he missed some key free throws down the stretch and he kind of, he, he would have these peaks and valleys where he go 10 of 11 from the free throw line, six of seven from the free throw line. And then he'd have a game where he was six of 10 from the line. So uh, if he can find that consistency, that's good. If he can also on the defensive end, uh, you know, find, you know, that consistency night in and night out, I think that's going to be beneficial, but I expect him to have the, that same level of productivity that he has shown us in the years past. Matt Dalvin's voice of the Raptors on Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Um, how much pressure is on Scotty Barnes to live up to the rookie of the year play he had in year one here, Matt? Obviously, last year was, was, was I don't want to say it was a disappointment, but, you know, the, the sophomore jinx thing is a real thing in the NBA. What are you expecting out of Scotty Barnes this season? Well, I think he's going to feel some of that pressure because I think most people believe it's going to be a bounce back year. And, and, and here's the thing. And, and this is something that happens in in all leagues, especially when you receive the accolades that he received as a, as a rookie. And that is of course, you know, your rookie of the year, you come back and all of a sudden you're, you're in the scouting report now every night, 
by your opponent. Mm-hmm. Right now they're game planning for you and it and you're going to see different matchups than you got the season before. And I think he understands that he is the future of this organization and certainly whether it was, you know, Kevin Durant or Damian Lillard, the Toronto Raptors refused to put him in a deal. So you know how highly they think of him and he knows that. And so for him, it's just taking that next step of understanding what it takes on a day in and day out basis. And that starts literally from jump when the ball goes up in the air. We saw at times last year where he would, and, and it's good to allow the game to come to you, but there were times when you didn't see that forcefulness until the second half. And when he shows that early in games, you know he's going to have a dominant presence. He's one of those players that you can look up and go, wow, he, he's got 20 points and eight rebounds and four assists. Like, and, and, and it can happen just like that. And so I believe he will take the next step. I know I'm talking about offense. Defensively, he can guard one through five, which makes him – you know, one of those rare players in the NBA uh, that can handle uh, a big, I'll never forget during his rookie year when he guarded Jokic in the fourth quarter in Denver and held him scoreless. He has that ability. Um, He can also guard, you know, point guards. And then on the offensive end, restricted area and in, he's nearly 70%. So he has the ability to finish there. He's still working on his shooting. Uh, That hopefully will come in time, but I expect him to have a bounce back year. There's no question about it. And I think he understands that and feels that and realizes that it's his time to take that next step. Um, Matt, can you explain to us what the hell the play in tournament is not the play in tournament, sorry, the mid season tournament that the NBA is having now. And are you a fan of it? You know, I'm, I'm in the wait and see on it. I, I'm, I've always been a traditionalist when it comes to sports. I remember when interleague play started, right? Mm. I always liked the all-star games in baseball, whereas the first time you got to see National League against American League. But yet, you know, clearly I was wrong on that. You know, interleague play has been, you know, successful. and, And people, there's a generation of fans that that's all they have known. So, you know, when it comes to, the play in is first of all, you know, that has worked right for the NBA. I think it's harder for organizations to make the decisions on whether or not they want to go for it, meaning go for being in the playoffs or let's think about next year. So I do think that what happens as we all know in sports, you're, you're kind of lingering in that play in area. And so a GM or a president is kind of going to the owner and the owner's like, yeah, no, you, you, you need to, you know, try to make the play in and get into the playoffs, right. From a fan base standpoint. So it's sometimes I think tougher to do, you know, some deals at the deadline uh, to make bigger deals maybe. Um, But that has worked out. Look at Miami, Miami made it all the way to the NBA finals coming through the play in. Uh, Now, as the tournament is concerned, I think they're just trying early on in the season to create some awareness and just some fun in the NBA. And this is something that you're not necessarily dealing with in Canada, but it is something that in the United States they've talked about. They've moved the, the schedule back, meaning we're starting October 24th. We used to start, you know, right around Halloween. Then we started in early October and there were quite a few teams specifically in the Southeast Southwest, Uh, And even in the Midwest that that went to the NBA and said, you know, look, uh, between college football and the NFL, uh, you know, we're not necessarily on the radar right now. Let's try to get back to later October. And so that is something that they've moved back to. And I think that this is something, too, meaning the tournament that will create a little bit of buzz around regular season games and then you're in a group and the Raptors are in C and if you emerge from group C, then you go to Las Vegas, you have a semifinals and a finals. The teams that go to the finals will play 83 games. Everybody else will still play 82 games. 
there is a uh, award, you know, cash prize for, you know, winning it. And the amount of money is, you know, like a half a million dollars. So, yep. you know, they're hoping that will incentivize. And, and then also, this is the other piece to it. You know, is there another stream of revenue? And, you know, there's conversations out there right now uh, that Amazon or Apple, I think it's more Apple wants to get involved in NBA rights. And as we know, you know, that's going to certainly flood the marketplace with with more money in the NBA and the NBA Players Association have a 50 50 split on revenue uh, with no escrow. So, you know, the players with 15 players, you know, on a roster, three two way contracts, the salaries will even increase more than likely. Uh, or definitely. Maddie, uh, before I let you go, uh, we know you do a great job of shouting out cities in Canada every time a Raptor hits a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Our man Brent Cron is from where, Brent? Winkler, Manitoba. Winkler, Manitoba. Winkler. Yes. Have you I'm heard of that town it, before? I'm, right I'm going to write it down right now. I'm going to put down Winkler. Manitoba. Three-pointer from Winkler. Winkler, right. Manitoba. You put, you're putting that town on the map in basketball <laughs> country right there if you say that. You got it. Winkler, Manitoba. Love it. Thank you. Love it. You got it. Uh, Matt Devlin, the voice of the Raptors on Sportsnet. (laughs) We'll be watching tonight. Thanks, Matty D. Any any other requests? I get Winkler. Um, I got to get into West Edmonton, by the way. Oh, no, I don't uh, don't think you want to get Edmonton in here. Um, Niagara Falls. (laughs) Niagara Falls, of course. Niagara Falls, Ontario. Yes. All right, we're watching tonight. I'm in now. Yes. Fully invested. All the best. Love it, Matty D. Thanks right. for this. See you guys. All the best. There he Bye. goes. Great stuff. Matt Devlin. Son Luke. Sixth round pick of the Penguins. That's awesome. Grew up a Penguins fan. Yeah. Got picked by the Penguins. Isn't that awesome? It's unreal. Captain at Cornell. Yep. Ooh, that's not bad. Mm. Uh, you know what else isn't bad? Impossible Flames trivia. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Get your thinking caps ready, what? because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's Impossible Flames Trivia Question. Do we need to have a conversation about this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the heck Like, maybe was. off the air, but like, what has happened to our imaging? <laughs> what are we? Don't do it. Are we an FM station? What has oh, happened? No. This guy is ridiculous. What was that? <laughs> Terrible. All of this. All of these changes, livid. <laughs> okay. You okay over there? I'm unbelievably upset. Oh, yeah. Hey, Impossible Flames Trivia is brought to you by what Veranda. Was that? A friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and Imaging spirits. Imaging was fine. Leave it alone. From in-house vacay, Bruco, and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest. And on Instagram, at Veranda YYC. I stayed quiet for the first few, but that one? Come on now. Okay. Um, this little... is how it works. I give you uh, three current or former members of the Calgary Flames, and you got to figure out the connection. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you win a $50 gift card to, to Vacay Bruco and some swag. Uh, Patrick Tuma, there's only two people on the planet who know the answer right now. Myself and producer Patrick. Patrick, how difficult is today's question? Well, it's uh, it's up there. It's going to be up there. You, you <laughs> he, does, he doesn't know the answer, you does certainly, he? I do no, know the answer. You certainly okay. have to have uh, been paying attention to the first ever outdoor game 20 years ago. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. this is how it works. I give you three current or former members, and you text in at 960-960, name and location, and you you get the connection, you win the prize. It's that simple. If I get it, do I get the prize? Sure. Okay. No, yeah. you, you're like, you're one of us now. Yeah. You've never been the rule win. for me, yeah. so. You yeah, Maddie didn't get win. the prize when he did above it. Maddie got it once. Um, you ready for uh, player number guessing, one? They stopped Let's guessing go. properly because they wouldn't give me the prize. Uh, Blake Como was born on February 18th, 1986 and a Canadian professional ice hockey right winger, currently an unrestricted free agent in the NHL. Oh, good for him. He was selected in the second round, 47th overall by the Islanders at the 04 draft. He played five seasons for the Islanders before joining the Flames in 11 and 12, where he scored nine goals in 91 games for Calgary. <laughs> Another one that got better after he left Calgary. Uh, Como had a successful major junior career, winning two WHL championships and one Memorial Cup as a member of the Kelowna Rockets. He was also a member of Canada's 06 gold medal winning junior hockey team. Como is son of uh, George and Lynn Cuomo. He was raised in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. Blake Como. He wouldn't have played with Yuri Lettinen, though, eh? No, I don't think so. Okay, Okay, that's a good guess. We need to get that in there. Uh, Trevor Lewis. (laughs) Our Trevor Lewis 
was born on January 8th, 1987, and is an American professional ice hockey center for the LA Kings and the NHL. Lewis appeared in parts of 12 seasons with the Kings after being drafted 16th overall by them in the 06 draft. He spent one season with Winnipeg before signing with the Flames in 2021. He won a Stanley Cup with the Kings in 12 and 14. Lewis's first uh, name is the letter R. Mm. Uh, Lewis has stated he does not know the origin of the name. That's odd. What did you say? His first name is just R? R. Trevor Lewis. But does R- stand, R- he doesn't know R- what it stands for. He's like Homer no, J. Simpson, but he found out it means R. J. Trevor Lewis. He must be a famous author or something like that. Yeah, he's he's he doesn't know what the R period stands for. Didn't ask his that dad and mom. <laughs> Matt feels. Hey guys, up. what's the R stand? No, it's not made up. We're not telling you. No, it's, it's literally. Shut R. up over there, uh, Derek Morris. <laughs> you are a child. You will speak when spoken to, and that is it. Uh, Derek Morris. Uh, Derek Terrence Morris was born on August 24th, 1978, and is a Canadian former professional ice hockey defenseman who played over 1,100 games in the NHL for the Flames, Avalanche, Coyotes, Bruins, Rangers. He was originally drafted out of the Western Hockey League 13th overall by the Flames in the 96th draft. Morris has represented Canada on three occasions at the Worlds. After appearances in 99 and 01, he won his first gold medal with Canada at the 04 World Championships in the Czech Republic. He contributed five assists in the gold medal effort. There you go. Derek Morris, Trevor Lewis, Blake Como all have something in common. 960, 960, name and location. We're playing Impossible Flames trivia, courtesy of our friends at VK Bruco. We really got to move here because we got about five minutes to play this game. <laughs> Any guesses? Uh, go ahead. They were all healthy scratches for an outdoor game. Ooh, oh, I like that. I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. That's a good guess. Wrong. Not right, but I like it. Uh, hint number one, please, Mr. GVP. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do? I don't want to know what you got to do. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dorino singing. Finding Dory. Uh, they, were all, they were all scratched for the first game of the season, but they kept swimming and they played later on. Uh, that's, of course, from Finding Nemo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a, uh, a top film. Mm, in a specific year. Oh, okay. Oh, nine, uh, that was would have been in 2004. Ooh, that's so close. You want another hint? Yes, I do. Uh, hit it, GVP. It's mm. Miami. You needed like a cool catchphrase. <laughs> that guy's going to be late for dinner. Chronolis. <laughs> 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 they take off the sunglasses and it's like, yeah! This doesn't help me. No? No, none of these are going to help. got to think the year. We, you, uh, it was the top television just... show in a specific year. CSI. Yeah. Crime scene investigation. Are you ready for hit number three? Oh, yeah, or, absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah, fire away. What year are these from? Uh, 2003? 53.5461 degrees north. 113.4937 degrees west. That's Edmonton. Fifty-three point five four six one degrees. Look at you over there, hey. So one thirteen point four nine three seven degrees west. Someone hit number three. Out, someone he's, figured out how to use Google Maps, eh? He's teaching math with a calculator over there. Uh, I, you I, and I are I, just got a pen and paper. I believe those are actually coordinates, not coordinates. math. Yes. Ooh, no, there's some good no. ones. There's some lati- all, latitude they all, they and longitude. They all were fifty-three. Um. Ooh, this is a good one from Chris in Calgary. Uh, they all played in the 03 Heritage Classic. No, Chris, they did not. All they of did their not, but that's close. All of their nicknames are the first letter of their first name and the first syllable of their ooh. last name. No, Biko, Tilu, Bo, Bun, Demo from Calgary. They all got suspended before the outdoor game. No, <laughs> uh, they all won a face-off in the outdoor games. No. Kevin and Cranston. No. They all scored for the Kings yesterday. I don't uh, think they any all of these three guys have actually Yager. played in an outdoor game. That's the thing. I don't think any of these three guys have actually played outdoors. Blake Cuomo. 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 Sorry, Cuomo. Not, not Mario Cuomo, the <laughs> former uh, mayor <laughs> of New York. Of New York. Uh, Very different people. Yeah. Yeah. Blake Cuomo. And Trevor Does Lewis. Blake Cuomo, Cuomo have his nipples pierced? Uh, <laughs> Cuomo, Trevor Lewis, our uh, Trevor Lewis. <laughs> and uh, Derek Morris. Our <laughs> Trevor Lewis, not your Trevor yeah. Lewis. Uh, 960, 960, name and location. You got to go back to the 03 Heritage Classic. The first one oh. played in Edmonton between the Habs and the Oilers to find today's answer. 4-3 Montreal win. They all played in the game, and also at the end, someone went up to them and went, 
Who? Taylor and Cranston? Uh, they were all traded before an outdoor game. No. Um, they weren't in my kitchen. No. Thank you, Steve. Uh, all, that's always one that always pops up. They're all from Edmonton, and they got to play in an outdoor game. I'm going to give you another hint. Okay, good. Thank Yannick Perot, Jared Stoll, and Richard Zednick. Yannick Perot. These aren't hints. These Jared are just making Stoll, it harder. And Richard Zednick. Your hints can't be other riddles. <laughs> That's it's counterproductive it, 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 to the task. Edward, because now I'm trying to figure out your riddle, and I'm getting pushed in wrong directions. We have a uh, Edward Enigma over there. Just to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice dude. Nice wrapped right in a yeah. wrapped in a cloak of question marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gave you uh, the top movie in 2003 was Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. The top TV show in 2003 CSI. I gave you the coordinates of the city of Edmonton where the original Heritage Classic was played in 2003. Now I've given you Yannick Perot, Jared Stoll, and Richard Zedman. I think those guys were all in that game. Uh, they were, they and were. they all did they something were. in they, that they game. They all did do something in that game. They all had turnovers to these mm. Yannick Perot and Zednick and... Um, um, the they game? all stretched out Jose Theodore's toque for him. Um, <laughs> Trevor Lewis played with Jared Stoll in uh, 14 and 15 for the LA Kings. Okay. Blake Como played with Richard Zednick on the Islanders in 06 07. They all played with someone who scored in the Heritage Classic? Yes! That's Daddy, the answer! The, the first Heritage wow. Classic! Yeah! Uh, text that in 960 960, name and location. The they all. Game. They all played with someone who scored a goal in the first Heritage Classic in 2003 in Edmonton. 960, 960, name and location. Got to put your name and location mm-hmm. to win. Quickly do it to win a $50 gift card to Vacay Bruco. We're all going to Vacay Bruco, fam. Meet uh, you there. Did, what did you think of that one today, Croner? Week. Week. Oh, what? Yeah, it was week one. Okay. People yeah. are still texting wrong answers. <laughs> uh, people are still texting yeah. wrong. Because they're on delay. Because yeah, they're, they're on delay. They are when I tap your foot delay. and call you Mr. Thompson, you say hello. <laughs> hello, uh, Mr. Congratulations, Thompson. Al from Calgary. They all played with someone that scored a goal Al. in the first Heritage Classic. You got it. Congratulations, Al from Calgary. You have won a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag courtesy of AK Bruco. Impossible Flames Trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house VK Bruco and Burwood Distillery. 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. Can we play the intro for one more time for Matty Rose? <laughs> no, I... Get your thinking caps ready because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's Impossible Flames Trivia question. Hey, what do you got coming up at Mucho Big Show? Oh, we're going to talk to with uh, Jordan Dijani, uh, NFL writer from CBSSports.com. Uh, get the little uh, little preview here on week number eight of the awesome. NFL. Awesome. Uh, you're joining us Friday because you're now our official Flames game day analyst after Big game will. day? Yep, I love it. Okay. Uh, the Chronolist? Yes. We'll figure something out we'll here. Think, we'll figure something out. We'll figure uh, something out. You're, you're in uh, courtesy of our good friends at All Kind Door Services. Uh, that's it for us. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Uh, enjoy uh, the, the night off for the Flames because they play the Blues tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.